Yes, diamonds may be forever, or in the case of our next story, about 4 billion years old. As the closest planet to the sun, Mercury is certainly a fascinating spot, and not one we know a whole lot about. Its days are long, its years are short. Daytime temps reach 426 degrees Celsius at night with no atmosphere. It plummets to below 179 below zero. And just to make it a little more remarkable, new research shows that the tiny planet's crust could contain, get this, 16 quadrillion tons of diamonds. 16 quadrillion tons of diamonds. How could that possibly be? To explain is the scientist behind that very research. Kevin Cannon is an assistant professor of geology and geological engineering, as well as space resources with the Colorado School of Mines. Kevin, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Great to be here. It does make for an astounding headline. Obviously, you found that but maybe one third of Mercury's surface could be a diamond crust. Uh, that sounds remarkable. How is that? Yeah, so uh, recent work from NASA's Messenger mission uh, has shown us that a good fraction of Mercury's surface is covered with this mysterious dark material. And the leading hypothesis is that that material is actually graphite, um, that's the same material that makes up uh, pencil. It's replaced pencil lead as uh, a, a writing utensil. Um, and this is believed to have formed very early on in Mercury's history, uh, that when Mercury was uh, completely molten, that this graphite crystallized and floated to the surface to form Mercury's first crust. Uh, that material has since been worked into the uh, volcanic material that's been erupted, and so it's been diluted. Um, but what we think is that some of that graphite in that original crust has been transformed into diamond through the intense shock from impacting asteroids and comets. Because I gather Mercury uh, looks a bit like our moon. It's quite cratered and it does get hit a lot. Is that right? Yes, that's right. So very early on in the solar system, four to three billion years ago, uh, the rate that asteroids and comets were hitting the planets was much higher. Uh, orders of magnitude higher than at present. And so if you look at the surface of Mercury or the moon, really all you see are successive generations of impact craters uh, that have formed over time. Now, not to get too into you know how diamonds are formed, but essentially that's exactly how they are formed under that intense pressure, right? Yes. So on Earth, uh, we have diamonds that have mostly formed uh, deep in the mantle, uh, just from the crushing pressure of all the rocks sitting on top of them. Uh, but we can also have very intense pressure uh, at the surface, right at the point of uh, a, a, an impact of an asteroid or comet. So we can either have that long, sustained, deep pressure in the interior of a planet, uh, or that shorter duration, intense shock pressure uh, from an impact. I gather, though, from, from what's been written and how your research was covered, um, that the diamonds, when you talk about the diamond crust of Mercury, you're not necessarily talking about what you might see at Tiffany's. That's right. We're not talking about the, the large, clear uh, gemstones that you can cut into to jewelry. Uh, these are probably very fine grained. Uh, they're probably very dark and cloudy, and they're likely mixed with other carbon phases. So some of that original graphite, uh, maybe some carbon in other forms. So probably very quite messy. And what we're suggesting is not that, you know, the entire surface is, is covered in pure diamonds. Uh, it's probably only a, a small fraction, maybe one or 2% in these particular terrains, uh, the, this, these dark terrains that cover Mercury's uh, surface. 
So it's not glittering in the same, it wouldn't glitter like a diamond you might expect, but it is, I mean, still 16 quadrillion tons. Is that, was, was that the number that, uh, that was estimated? Yeah. So that's based on some computer modeling, um, just taking some assumptions about how thick this initial layer of graphite might've been, uh, and then looking at how many craters have impacted mercury uh, and how much of that might have been turned into diamond. And so that's an estimate for the entire crust uh, of Mercury. Most of that is, is going to be buried uh, quite deep, up to kilometers beneath the surface. Uh, but yes, that's what our, our models uh, are predicting. If you're just tuning into a little more conversation, I'm speaking with Kevin Cannon, Assistant Professor of Geology and Geological Engineering and Space Resources with the Colorado School of Mines. We're talking about his research showing that uh, a good chunk of Mercury's crust could in fact be uh, crusted with diamonds. Sounds remarkable. Um, one of the things that science fiction has always leaned on quite a lot is space mining. So in this case, would those diamonds, I mean, first of all, would it be economical or even reasonable to try and mine them, but also is it even feasible? Yeah. So mercury is very tough to, to get to and to orbit around and land on. Um, so that's really why we've only seen for the most part uh, spacecraft that have flown by mercury uh, and then recently we've had some that have gone into orbit around that planet, um, but we haven't yet gotten to the point where we've even landed on the surface. So that would be the first step to uh, eventual mining. You need to get down to the surface. Uh, there are people talking about uh, proposals to do that with, with future missions. Um, but yeah, certainly it's at the Colorado School of Mines here, we have an entire program in space resources. Uh, of course, this sounds very futuristic, but there's a lot of work uh, being done in the near term uh, particularly focused on moon, Mars, and asteroids. Uh, but eventually one day Mercury might, uh, might come into the conversation. I don't know that these diamonds would be necessarily economic as we've talked about. They're not really, uh, you know, gemstone quality, uh, likely. Uh, but, you know, maybe as a bulk, bulk source of carbon, uh, there's also a good use of diamonds. Most diamonds are used in industry as, as an abrasive. And so perhaps, uh, you know, these could find a use uh, for that application. I understand there is, in fact, a European Space Agency uh, initiative to once again travel to Mercury. Will that allow you to find out anything more about, about this research you're doing? Yes. So NASA had their messenger mission uh, to Mercury, and uh, ESA is following up with a mission called Bepi Colombo uh, that's going to be reaching Mercury in a few years. And it has a complementary set of instruments. Uh, it has some different instruments than were on uh, NASA's messenger mission. Uh, and one of those in particular is a, a type of infrared camera uh, that allows you to see a, a different variety of minerals uh, than the instruments on the messenger mission. And so it's possible that uh, if there is this small fraction of, of diamond in some of the surface material, uh, that those would actually show up, that they could be detected uh, with this Bepi Colombo mission. You've also mentioned that, uh, that in fact, there are other planets where diamonds could be even more prevalent that you've been, I, I, I imagine, either looking at or at least contemplating. That's right. So what has been a really a revolution in the last 20, 30 years is the discovery and now characterization of planets in other solar systems, the exoplanets. Uh, there was an announcement recently this week that I think the total is up to 5,000 uh, confirmed extra, extrasolar planets. And some of those planets formed in unique solar systems where maybe there was even more carbon around than there was in our solar system. And people have talked about the potential for carbon exoplanets. So uh, if those planets exist, if, if there are planets that are 
made with uh, much more carbon than, than the, those in our solar system, uh, then this process of, of turning some of that into diamonds, uh, turning graphite into diamond could also uh, happen on uh, those other, those exoplanets. I mean, it's it, the work obviously you do in space exploration, or at least in space mining is, is fascinating in terms of where we're at with that right now. How close are we to, in, you know, within the realm of the possible, how close are we to actually mining on space? And what is it that we would be looking for and finding that could complement what's done here on Earth? Yeah, I think it's definitely a lot closer than most people would realize. Um, what's going to be happening over the next few years are some demonstration missions. So uh, NASA has a program called CLIPS, that's the Commercial Lunar Payload Services, uh, where they've contracted with a bunch of companies developing uh, small, low-cost lunar landers. And so there's going to be a lot of payloads on those landers for science, but also some payloads uh, doing proof-of-concept work and testing the type of technology uh, that we would want to actually extract resources uh, we also have missions like NASA's Viper mission uh, that's going to be prospecting for water ice at the poles of the moon. Uh, so I think those are some of the early applications uh, is looking at uh, water either on the moon or asteroids, uh, and then also uh, building materials. So all the planets uh, that we know are covered in broken up rock and soil, and there are a lot of proposals to turn that material into structures, things like 3D printing habitats uh, and so on. So I think those are some of the near-term opportunities, uh, looking for water that could be turned into propellants, uh, and then also building materials. And, and, and is it, are we in, within the realm of actually being able to commercially extract, extract that stuff on, on planets that aren't too, too far away? I think so. I think what we're seeing now is some of the larger companies with a lot more capital. So uh, Blue Origin and SpaceX, they're really moving ahead. Uh, Blue Origin has been hiring a lot of people to uh, to work on space resources. They've purchased a company called Honeybee Robotics recently, who do uh, really fantastic work on robotic systems and have a lot of interest in drilling and excavation. So I think we are getting quite close, um, and I think it's just going to be a matter of uh, getting the the capital and the uh, getting the government buy in uh, to push this over the edge. For the time being, though, a fascinating story about the diamond crusts of mercury. Are you going to do any more? Are you continuing this research? Yeah. So what was presented recently at a, at a conference was were some early results. And so I'm definitely going to uh, continue to flesh those out and hopefully uh, have this submitted as a peer-reviewed publication in the near future. Well, Kevin Cannon, thank you so much for your time and your information. A fascinating field of study. Thank you very much.